This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. My name is Jeff Nowak, as always, alongside Steve Geller. And as we mentioned in the open, we have a special guest here to help us understand what is going on with the Super Bowl Bengals that we know so well is Mike Petrali, the host of the Jungle War podcast and a Bengals reporter for CLNS Media. How are you doing today, Mike? Thanks for joining us. Guys, I'm doing very, very well. I'm looking forward to a trip to the bayou and some great eating on Saturday night. That's how I'm doing. I cannot wait for Saturday night. The game will be great, but I can't wait for Saturday night. <laughs> Andy Dalton, me and Steve were talking about this, and we are like, oh, maybe this is the first time Andy's gone back and played his former team. He's only been on NFC teams the last three seasons, so there was a chance. And then we look it up. No, this will be the third consecutive season he has managed to play the Bengals. And so I'm just I'm just curious, you know, how is that kind of relationship with a former quarterback as he comes and just plays this team that has suddenly gone to the Super Bowl <laughs> since he left? Well, it, it's interesting. First of all, Andy Dalton is 2-0 against his former team, yeah. having beat the, uh, beaten the Bengals with the Cowboys in 2020. Uh, the Bears upset the Bengals in week two last year. Uh, but uh, Lou Anarumo was uh, asked about Andy on uh, Wednesday and said nothing but glowing things and said, we know what kind of player Andy is. We know what kind of person Andy is. Great in both regards. A lot of guys in that locker room still love Andy Dalton and think the world of him. Uh, Cheeto Awuzie played with him uh, in Dallas before joining the Bengals as a free agent before 2021, uh, said that uh, he was the a moderator in many debates in the locker room between different Cowboys. And so there is a lot of fondness for Andy Dalton in that locker room. But I will tell you that I think this time around, the Bengals are more prepared to ha handle Andy and will give him some different looks if indeed he is the starting quarterback on Sunday. Yeah, well, our quarterback situation here obviously gets a lot of attention between, you know, Jameis Winston now being injured and Andy Dalton filling in. The Saints fans here still have a lot of interest in the Bengals quarterback, obviously, who was an LSU stud, having that amazing, perfect run with Tigers, the national championship in the Superdome. And I know Burrow has talked about it this week, about coming back to the Caesars Superdome and playing again. And we know the type of guy he is and the player that he is as well, but how has he been... I guess, readapting to life in Ohio after becoming a Louisianian for a while. Well, it's interesting you ask that because uh, how he's dealt with it is he two weeks ago, or actually last week, announced the formation of the Joe Burrow Foundation uh, with yeah. me and his mom and dad. 
And that was a way for him to give back not only to his native Ohio, Athens, Ohio, where Ohio University is located. Everybody knows the story, went to Ohio State, then transferred to LSU, but also give back to some communities in desperate need in Louisiana. So his thinking was, I'm not just going to give back to Ohio. Louisiana had a huge huge impact on me and, and gave me the opportunity to become Joe Burrow Heisman Trophy winner. And that is the regard I think Joe Burrow holds for his uh, college hometown. In terms of Jamar Chase, he's looking back, uh, looking forward to going to New Orleans Food and Spirits for a voodoo doll. And I think I've got that right. He said voodoo doll, and I think it's called a voo-boo doll. But anyway, it's uh, where he's telling all of his uh, teammates to go on Saturday night before the game on Sunday, get some good Cajun seafood. So, and we were talking about this as well. You know, this is a Bengals team that the Saints haven't faced. uh, But they spent, you know, I think Saints fans have spent a lot of time watching the Bengals and ro- even rooting for the Bengals through last year's playoffs. And, and then the players are also familiar with, with these, this Bengals team because you obviously have Trey Hendrickson, Von Bell, and uh, Eli Apple, who is kind of a running joke. Yeah. That, uh, everyone is, everyone is Eli fans Apple of has not been available in the locker room to talk about uh, said comments to New Orleans <laughs> Saints fans back in January. Just I, I want to clean that up and uh, make sure you guys are aware of that. Yeah, how convenient. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's not a fan of crawfish. He's not a fan of the smell. But it, he, Alvin did have some funny comments to say about uh, Trey today, and so let's listen to him, and uh, we can we can react to him in real time. Oh my God, Trey! And I always talk about Trey. My story about Trey in 2017, and this might this might be funny. Where I'm from, anytime you see a white boy with silver chain and like silver bracelet on, <laughs> you know, so, so Trey, it, like he played like that. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just an a- angry, like gritty, nasty dude, like didn't care. Like he going 100 miles per hour every play. And I mean, he, too, he got paid and he, he's a staple in that, in that Cincinnati defense. So, I mean, that's, a, that's angry white boy Trey. <laughs> angry white boy Trey. I will tell you, he plays angry, he plays inspired. Bengals love him on their defense, and that is one of the best free agent acquisitions by the Bengals in recent memory. Might be uh, in their top five all time, certainly. He has had a huge impact on mostly the right side of the defensive line. Uh, There are times where they switch he and uh, Sam Hubbard, but it gives the Bengals legit top five NFL defensive end bookends. Uh, So, you know, Trey Hendrickson's been a very – quiet but dominant force in that on that defense and uh, the Bengals his defensive teammates love him yeah I even remember training camps here when he first came in the offensive linemen were like dude chill out it's just practice and right. he's a guy that just goes 100 miles per hour all the time we had a couple of those episodes uh, sure. in training camp uh, this summer as a matter of fact uh, where Trey Hendrickson got in the face of L Collins as a matter of fact um, as well as Cordell Volson uh, the rookie and Alex Kappa and I think that was his way of letting everybody know look it's training camp but we need to get serious co- competitive reps in here and get ready for the season. And I don't know if it's just coincidence, but the defense in the first five games is way ahead of the offense uh, in terms of uh, where the Bengals view their team as a whole. I think that's kind of where where I, I'm interested in going from here, which is, 
you know, what has been limiting this Bengals offense to this point in the season? Like, it seemed like last year all we could hear about was was Jamar Chase going downfield and making these huge plays. And I right. think I saw a stat that the Bengals are last in the NFL in big plays generated to this yep. point in the season. And that just – it's crazy to me, having not watched a lot of Bengals games this season after having watched what they did in the playoffs last season. What's been limiting them so much? Pretty simple. I'll boil it down to this. A lot of teams, almost every team they've played actually, has played uh, some form of Tampa 2, cover 2, high shell, cloud, whatever you want, even bracket on Jamar Chase, that they have shown the Bengals in these defensive secondary looks, they're not going to let them go deep. You're going to take everything you want underneath. And Joe Burrow hasn't been very patient. He's tried to find his shots downfield. He's held on to the ball way too long, and he's admitted that. And it's why he took 13 sacks and 30 hits in the first two games of the year, both losses to the Steelers and Cowboys. He has got to start doing a better job of taking his checkdowns and taking his checkdowns quickly so that when he gets the ball in the hands of a Hayden Hurst or a Joe Mixon, or a Tyler Boyd, somebody uh, in the underneath of the defense, they can do damage with it quickly. And that's on Burrow, and that's one of the things I would look for this week. The other name that I just mentioned, Tyler Boyd, he has not been getting hardly any targets, and that is shocking given how many uh, opportunities there have been underneath for uh, Joe Burrow to throw uh, to target him. And I think that's going to change this week. The Bengals are on the edge or on the verge, I think, of really breaking out a good running game. Uh, Joe Mixon had his best game of the year last week. He averaged over five and a half yards a touch, but he only touched the ball 14 times. He's got to get the ball uh, more times than that, if you ask me, uh, for this Bengals team to be successful. Bengals have not been effective in play action. And when they used it last week, what did Joe Burrow do? Play action and Mixon threw immediately over the middle for Jamar Chase. And the ball was picked off by his former LSU teammate, Patrick Queen. Um, he's got Burrow's got to be better. He has not had a good start to the year. One of the guys that me and uh, Jeff were talking about earlier today was the fact that uh, this Saints team doesn't seem to want to pay safeties at all. A guy that left and went over to the Bengals has been a real impact player, I know, for them. Was a guy that even here was someone that just had a knack for being around the football and getting turnovers. Von Bell, what's his impact been for this Cincinnati team? Has he been that vocal leader, too, on that side of the ball over there? So not as vocal, I don't think. I mean, certainly he communicates, and certainly there's a bond there. But the way he prepares, the way he comes in uh, to practice or comes into the building every day between 5.30 and 6 in the morning every single day. Cheeto Awuzie said this morning, I get in about an hour early for everything. Yeah. And he's been here two, two and a half hours already. There's no way I'm ever going to beat him into the building. I've conceded that. But Von Bell is a has been huge for the Bengals. And there are a lot of people in Cincinnati who believe both in and around the team and the fan base who think they need to sign Von Bell before they sign Jesse Bates. And Jesse Bates is going to get a, you know, a massive contract. He is that kind of valuable quarterback as a safety type of player in, on the defense. Whereas Von Bell, I think a lot of teams, and Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, said this, a lot of teams think he is just a box safety, meaning he plays down on the box, runs support. He said, I never, ever have looked at him that way. He has obviously shown us he can range, he can pick off the ball uh, and really uh, be a force as a 
intercepting safety. And he had, leads the team with three picks this year, including one on Sunday night against the Ravens. Um, the other thing I will tell you uh, is that uh, Lou Anarumo was asked, well, why if, if you're seeing all these great things about Von Bell and everything he brings to your defense, why would a team like New Orleans let him go? And he smiled and he said, I don't know. I guess that's good for us. It's a it's a great break for us, and I'm glad we have them. Yeah, and I think that's been a theme of the last few years is the Saints, they've drafted very well, and they haven't been able to pay everyone. So we talked about Trey Hendrickson. He was part of that 2017 draft class that included Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, obviously Trey. And it, it has been funny to watch these guys go around the league and just and just be those guys that we knew they were. But, you know, so one thing we can get into, I think the Saints and the Bengals are in very similar situations right now where they're both two and three. Yep. And the three losses feel like games they could have and probably should have won. And I think the Bengals are even in worse shape in that regard, considering they've all been walk-off field goals. How has the mood been around that team? Because I know the Saints were on a three-game losing streak and it felt, I don't know, I want to say dark, but it felt uh, gloomy for a few days there. And, and for a team that has obvious Super Bowl aspirations, that's got to be tough. It's not been gloomy, but if they lose this week, it definitely will be. I will assure you that that this team should not be two and three. They should be at the very worst, uh, three and two, four and one likely. And there's certainly if they had managed the games at the end properly, I think there's a, a argument to be made for them being five and zero. Oh. They are the first team in NFL history to lose on their first three games all on walkoffs. That's wow. never happened before in NFL history. And, you know, obviously, if you're an optimist, glass half full, that means you're that close to being 5-0. and oh, And either one of, you know, two of those games go the other way. You're 4-1. and one, And the context of your season changes drastically. Well, if the Bengals go in into the Superdome on Sunday against a banged-up New Orleans team and spit the bit, and don't pr hand don't produce points. There's a serious problem, and I think changes will be made in the way the plays are called. There's been a lot of angst here in Cincinnati about the play calling, especially at the end of the third quarter on Sunday night when they called two trick plays, so to speak, um, at to from first and goal at the two yard line. And Bengals fans were furious at that, especially given the fact they were running the ball so well with Joe Mixon. To gain two yards and run 20 yards in the process to get those two yards infuriates a lot of fans around here, at least right now, because the results aren't there. We've talked a lot about a bit the uh, the big names, obviously, on this offense, but do you think there is maybe a lesser-known guy that could be an X-factor in this game that Saints fans should be aware of? That's a great question. I, I would probably say look out for a Mike Thomas. If, if uh, excuse me, <laughs> oh, How fitting. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh, if because um, Mike Thomas had a 33-yard reception the other night, leading to Cincinnati's uh, first touchdown in the first half after the Von Bell interception that set him up at the uh, 17, at the Cincinnati 17. I'd say look out for Mike Thomas. Look out for Hayden Hurst. He is some somebody you know Saints fans know very well from his days with the Falcons. And he is somebody that could do big time damage in the seam. I've been calling for the Bengals to use this quick seam, seam route uh, as a way to uh, allow Joe Burrow to get rid of the ball quickly and still at the same time attack defenses vertically. The Bengals have been horrific this year attacking defenses 
vertically. They just haven't been able to do it. And that's one of the reasons they are last in the National Football League in, um, you know, explosive plays. Yeah, Hayden Hurst is a guy who interests me because, you know, especially that matchup last week, he, he was a first-round draft pick. Yes. And he, he never really got that. a chance in Baltimore because Mark Andrews was so good. And so that head-to-head last week was really interesting. Does he look like a first-round draft pick as, yeah. as a tight end? Yes, he does. He is a freakish athlete. He's been nothing but positive here. Even with the team struggling, he's been a very, very, a very good influence uh, in that locker room. And uh, Joe Burrow loves him. And I think, you know, he is somebody I think the Bengals would like to revisit uh, on a multi-year deal uh, going forward after this year. Of course, they have to, they have a lot of priorities on defense to address in terms of contract signing. And oh, by the way, there's the possibility of a Patrick Mahomes-like deal for Joe Burrow at the end of this year if Burrow turns it around and starts to show uh, he is, again, the quarterback they thought they had uh, at the end of last year, which is a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. They also have to be concerned about T. Higgins and because he will be up, and they have to uh, take a look at uh, Jamar Chase down the road, although uh, that's not as much of a priority because uh, they do have a fifth-year option with him on his rookie deal. We've been talking to Mike Petralia at Trags on Twitter. Check him out. He's the host of the Jungle Roar Pod and the Bengals reporter and CLNS Media over in Cincinnati. Make sure to check out his stuff. We're going to be coming back here on Inside Black and Gold, brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And we're going to get more into what we can expect in this matchup. And I want to talk about if this goes well for the Saints, what will they have attacked in the Bengals' defense? Stick around for that.